Hello, this is Rabbi Mark Soloway. Welcome to A Dash of Drush, weekly reflections on our world through the lens of Torah. Return again, return again, return to the land of your soul. Return again, return again, return to the land of your soul. Return to who you are, return to what you are. Return to where you are, born and reborn again. Return to who you are, return to what you are. Return to where you are, born and reborn again. Return again, return again. Return to the land of your soul. Return to the land of your soul. What does that mean, I wonder? Return to the land of your soul. We're just a few days away from Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, and what a year it's been, what a few months it's been. It's unbelievable. This time of year for so many people in the Jewish community is full of the excited preparations of how we're going to gather and looking forward to seeing people we haven't seen for a long time and the big meals and the services, the the long, <laughs> beautiful services and some of the the liturgy and the language that uh, makes no sense and makes all the sense in the world and is connecting and is disconnecting and is alienating and is beautiful and there's so many wonderful wonderful paradoxes and glorious ways in which these holidays inspire us even if only because they're just such big gatherings and yet this year we're just doing it in such a different way right now my my shul the sanctuary of my synagogue Bonnet Shalom in Boulder it looks like a TV studio and we're preparing for very very small groups of people inside the sanctuary and a live stream video production kind of service which I think is going to be amazing and powerful I hope and I hope that uh, those of you who are able to tune in and watch will will have an inspiring time but it's so different isn't it return to the land of your soul this idea of return to shuva returning returning such a more satisfying word than repent return we come back but we're not coming back to some part of ourselves in the past that we want to forget we're coming back to a more realized sense of self to a more fulfilled vision of who we can be return to the land of your soul return as if there is a sort of primordial 
spiritual state that we've all somehow lived even if it's just the day we were born or perhaps in a different lifetime there is something ultimately so so pure about who we are in our essence in our essence but in the course of a year and many years over a lifetime that core gets tarnished I think of it sometimes as silver I remember one year being so moved by watching uh, a volunteer in our community take all of the silver that we have on our tourist scrolls and this sort of dirty you know schmutzy sort of gray blackish layer that covers the silver and put on a bit of silver polish and the right kind of cloth and suddenly it's like gleaming and it's almost like that's what the high holidays are for our neshama, for our soul. We sort of, we polish ourselves. We prepare ourselves to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And of course, there's all kinds of ritual that goes with how we do that. A lot of it's about confronting aspects of ourselves that are deeply uncomfortable, about looking inside to see the people that we inevitably have hurt during the course of the year. And having the the moral courage to actually confess and apologize and ask for forgiveness all of those things that are not so simple in fact sometimes it's excruciatingly hard authentically to ask someone's forgiveness if we really find deeply inside us those places where we can we can fess up so to speak because we do confession is a very big part of our liturgy at this time of year both the confessions to ourself confession to our fellow humans that we walk this planet with and confession ultimately to god however we understand that force that we call god in the world so we we look inside a lot and we also connect outside this whole idea of being together at this time of year and so many of us are living pretty solitary lives right now and just that isolation that living through this pandemic has created for us and that we are confined many of us to our homes that we're connecting over screens that we're not able to touch one another so many of us and there's a lot of a lot of pain and a lot of sadness in that and there's a lot of uncertainty in when we're going to be back together in any way that we might think of as normal the whole realm of what might be normal has perhaps gone forever return again to the land of your soul return again you know we, it's return again it's such a powerful idea actually return again to the land of your soul it's not it's not saying we're going back to something that was we're going back to something that may have been but not not in an actual lifetime so to speak you know the whole idea of that word again can be you know make america oh, maybe i shouldn't say that but but yes i will say that make america great again is 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 such a ridiculous notion because it implies that the America, whatever America that was, uh, that was great, was actually a time 
to be really honest, where it was great for a small group of the population. It was never great. It was never great for black people who've been enslaved and incarcerated and lynched. And it was a lot of the time not great for women and it wasn't great for other minorities and it wasn't great for a whole list of people. So what that, that notion of again can be can be misleading. So we sort of return again. We're not saying I want to go back to the good old days where I was X, where I was this, where I was that, where I where I was in love, where I was whatever it might be that I want to go back to. We're not talking about that. I think return again. There's something about this idea that every year we 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 come back to some kind of idealized vision and the hope that we really can change the hope that we that we return in order to make a different future that uh, film <laughs> that many of us remember fondly back to the future again i mean back to not again back to the future back to the future is is in a sense what the teshuva is all about the idea that you can go back in time in order to recreate a future right you go back to a, a painful memory where there may have been a breach where there may have been through some kind of confusion or some kind of closeness in our heart where we did something that we are ashamed of where we did something that hurt another person where we did something that hurt ourselves and we go back and in going back to that painful memory and being willing to confess to it and then move on to a new future that's like back to the future right back to the future because we're recruit we're changing the past in a way spiritually we're changing the past so that we can recreate our future so return again to the land of your soul is that teshuva going back teshuv to the the teshuv the return to the hay the hay at the end of the word teshuva the hebrew letter hay the fifth letter of the alphabet is in a sense represents god so we're returning to the God center. We're returning to that that piece of us that is unmistakably connected to God. We're returning to a fuller and deeper and brighter vision of who we can be. And there are many tools with which we do this. Prayer, reflection, being in community, confession on Yom Kippur, the, the tapping of our chest in order to help our hearts open more fully so that we can not repeat the same mistakes some of the liturgy and as i said earlier some of the liturgy is really hard for some of us the constant repetitions of god as king our father our king which is such a central part of our liturgy all of these this grandiose language which is very alienating for some people and for others, it's such a beautiful entry point in because it brings up all of these extraordinary memories of high holidays past where we hear the same melodies and this, to the same uh, words of the liturgy that instantly 
kind of take us back to the emotional and spiritual intensity of these these days yamim noraim these days of awe and of course rosh hashanah is is marked in so many ways by the sound of the shofar that we've been blowing some of us um every day for uh, the last the last month really and the sounds of the shofar is so so resonant and powerful earlier today i got to participate uh, with an event and this is the power of zoom right the power of being able to to connect in from across the world i was invited to participate in this program called and the great shofar sounds uh, and it was hosted by new north london synagogue in london which is the synagogue that i grew up in and i was here in in boulder colorado and there were people in london and out you know outside london and uh, some people from here joined and there were people from london who joined and we had a whole discussion about what what the shofar is really about and one of the most important aspects of the shofar that it's really about the quality of listening the bracha the blessing that we say before sounding the shofar is not the person blowing the shofar doesn't say I'm saying this blessing to blow the shofar. They say the blessing that's really about the obligation to hear the sound of the shofar. And this idea that the sound of the shofar and listening to the shofar is not a passive act, it's an active act. It's about active listening. And one of the participants on the Zoom call today um, who is a trained social worker and works in, in pastoral care at New North London Synagogue, Deborah, she talked about the, the importance of active listening. Whenever you're really listening to someone, the idea of listening in order to understand, not listening in order to respond. And I think that's such a powerful link with the shofar. We listen with intention. We listen with, with consciousness. We listen with kavanah. With, with this intense, active listening, where we're listening to the sound of the shofar and it's how it's going to break us open, how it's going to open us up to the call that we need to hear and that we need to understand. Maybe it has, it has a call that is unique to us for this year that's going to help us understand, understand who we are more deeply and what our role is and what our work is in this world right now. To hear the sound of the shofar is to be willing to be broken open by it, to be willing to be made vulnerable by those sounds and those sounds which, which represent brokenness in a way and tears the shavarim sound, those broken notes, which are really about about tears and brokenness, and the teruah, which is really about about an alarm, about waking us up. So this idea of the shofar, the tool of the shofar to help us return again to the land of your soul, the way in which those those notes that sound which I heard uh, Rabbi Art Green describe as sound beyond sound, language beyond language. 
sound beyond sound, language beyond language. The shofar is such a, a terrifying and and exalted and enlightening sound. It's it's everything. Some people say that every single emotion is contained in the sounds of the shofar. When we hear the shofar, like every human emotion. I blew the shofar earlier today for a group of kids and as so often happens with kids, they burst out laughing. Kids often find the sound of the shofar very funny. Adults sometimes find the sound of the shofar terrifying. And it's both. It's funny and it's terrifying. It's tears and it's laughter. But most importantly, it's about teaching us how to, how to listen, how to hear the sound beyond sound, how to hear the language beyond, beyond language, how to connect to prayer beyond prayer. Because there's no words. And sometimes these high holidays, the liturgy, the machsor, the big book, is very, very full of words. And sometimes it feels like too many words. And so the shofar is wordless, but it is words beyond word, sound beyond sound, language beyond language, prayer beyond prayer, that helps us understand, helps us listen actively so that we can understand and helps elevate ourselves and ultimately helps us return again to the land of our souls. The sound of the shofar, some of the prayers, the gathering, the willingness to crack ourselves open and do the work that we need to do to be able to look inside, to be able to ask authentically for forgiveness, to be able to confess to ourselves, to others, to God for all that we would like to be different in ourselves and in the world and to be called, to be called for justice, to be called for compassion, to be called for love. The shofar can call us to all of those things, and these days can. This has been an unbelievably challenging time in, in so many ways, in so many ways. As I record this, there are hurricanes and tropical storms threatening one side of this, of this country, and there are raging, raging fires on the other side of this country, in the West, in, in Oregon and Washington State and California. And there's devastation that's coming to our, to our planet through climate change and through the neglect that we have given to the warnings uh, for so many years. And here it is, we see it played out. And then, of course, just the... The way in which this awful pandemic, which we can't see an immediate end to at all, has become so politicized and how political divisions and the lack of civility in our country and in our world, it's just, it's just terrifying. It's all terrifying. And yet here we are. Here we are in these days leading up to the Yamim Naraim, to Rosh Hashanah, and the Aseret Yemei Teshuvah, the ten days of return, and Yom Kippur, and whether we feel ready, or whether we are in a state even with our own health and our fears and our concerns to even contemplate entering into the high holiday season, they're coming.
regardless they are coming to us <laughs> they are coming to a synagogue near you they are coming to a heart inside you they're coming to your own soul they're coming to your ears that god willing are going to hear in some form or another the sound of the shofar kol shofar to invite us into deeper connection to invite us to return to the land of our soul to invite us in an active way to listen to hear to heed the call return again return again return to the land of your soul return again return again return to the land of your soul return to who you are return to what you are return to where you are born and reborn again return again return again return to the land of your soul Shana Tova, my friends, wherever you find yourself, and a sweet year, a good year, in spite of everything, let's say yes to life and yes to being our best selves. Shana Tova. Thank you for listening to A Dash of Drush. We will see you next time.